Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus For all things ATL, for everything Falcons. First to the end zone, touchdown! This is Peachtree Football. Now, your host, Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan. And you see him, another man, another myth, another legend in Ross Tucker, former NFL player, uh, now host of the uh, Ross Tucker pod as well, Odyssey NFL Insider, uh, CBS Sports, Westwood One. I mean, the guy does all things NFL. Wherever you see NFL, Ross Tucker is a part of it. So, Ross First and foremost, thank you so much for the time today. And, I mean, how you feeling, man? We got training camp going. Are the NFL is that much closer? I mean, are you finally being able to scratch that itch a little bit? Yeah, man. I'm loving it. It's uh, it's hard to believe. Thursday night, there's a game already. Right. I was checking it out, by the way. It's like 350 bucks to get to the Jets-Browns Hall of Fame game. <laughs> um, you know, it makes sense, I guess. The Jets have two guys going in the Hall of Fame for the first time in a while and Joe Klecko and Darrell Revis. And then the Browns are in it, and the Browns are right there. Those people are all Browns fans. So uh, I guess it makes some uh, some sense. Just very interesting to see. I, I was doing a read for a, a sponsor of mine, and I was like, what? This can't be right. And I kept checking it, and it is. Like 350 bucks is like the cheapest Jeez. ticket right now. Ross, have you ever done that game before? Because I did that game because uh, I produced for Falcons Radio, and when you when – you- go into that place with uh with a team 
I mean, I, we literally walked through a high school. I'm with like 90 NFL players walking through a high school um, school room. I've never done the game. I've never been at the game. I was there last year, the day after the game. I was actually filling in. This sounds like a name drop. I was filling in for Jim Rome from that stadium on Friday. But I was only there because Tony Paselli invited me for his induction ceremony. So I didn't go for the Thursday night game. The game's Thursday night now. I just went there for all the Hall of Fame festivities to support Tony and to drink and have a good time, basically. <laughs> I love it. Well, Ross, again, we appreciate you hopping on Peachtree Football. And it is called Peachtree Football because we focus on all things Atlanta Falcons. So let's go ahead and get into the Atlanta Falcons talking. Ross, I'm going to go ahead and ask you what the people are dying to know what you think. Can Desmond Ritter lead the Falcons to an NFC South division championship as QB1? Can he do it? Does he have the tools? Is he good enough to be the Falcons franchise QB and lead them to a division title this year? Yes. Yeah, so I think the answer is yes. And I think right now the Falcons and the Saints are probably co-favorites in that division. But I would give I would give the edge to the Saints just because I, I feel more comfortable with Derek Carr and what I've seen him do. I guess I look at the, the, the Falcons last year, and this is kind of how, um, how I look at it, right? They won seven games last year. Right. It's not like Mariota was lighting the world on fire, okay? They, they lost Kyle Pitts to an injury. They didn't have Bijan. So Ritter's not going to play worse than how Mariota and Ritter played last year, right? He's not going to be worse. Right. And then defensively, I mean, I remember watching the Falcons play defensively last year, and that might have been the least amount of starters that I could name on a, on a defense in the NFL in a long time. I mean, it was like Grady Jarrett, A.J. Terrell, uh, was Deion Jones still there? Like Deion, I mean, nah, it, he wasn't Deion even was like, gone. like it, it, it's unbelievable. Like, whereas this year they bring in Calais Campbell, you got Bud Dupree, you know, I knew Anderson last year because I did the uh, FCS championship game. I like him, Troy Anderson, but now you bring in Jesse Bates. I mean, and Okuda, we'll see what he does. We'll see what some of these guys do. You bring in some of these guys from the saints, like Kate Nellis on Yamada, I mean, they, they should have a much better defense. They, they have much better players. And so to win seven games the last two years like they did, I don't see how they don't win eight, nine, or ten this year, which probably puts them right there to win the division. So, yes, he can. Um, I don't know, man. The, the reports don't seem all that favorable when you hear what they're saying about Ritter at camp or even if you watch him last year. Man, some of the throws that he made, it was a little bit like, um, but he was a rookie, and and you're hoping that this year he can take another step forward. Well, and and in that, because I want to stay on Ritter for a second off what you just said, there were also some throws that he made. There was a throw against Baltimore that was like, wow, I didn't think Desmond Ritter could make that throw because he's backpedaling, kind of sidearms it to Drake London across the field. Do you think if Drake London had a one or a two? next to that round that he was drafted in instead of a three, that the it would be a little bit more fa- 
you know, people would favor him more than and he would get less criticism. Um, and the team would get less criticism for going with him to start the season instead of going after Lamar or, or moving up in the draft to get uh, a starting quarterback. Well, there's no question that your draft status stays with you really forever. Right. I mean, real, really, for, I experienced that as an undrafted free agent. I mean, it, it, it cracks me up when these guys stink as rookies, as first round picks, but they keep them in there. And then the next year, they're pretty Andrew Thomas, you know, the former Georgia Bulldog offensive tackle for the Giants. Good example of that. If you're not a first or second round pick, you don't even get that chance to play again if you stunk the whole year. You know what I mean? You don't even get that opportunity. So it does stay with you. Um, I don't know what they'd be saying about, I mean, I think that the expectations would be higher. The hope would be, um, he would get more of the benefit of the doubt if Ritter was a first round pick. Yeah. I think because he wasn't, I think if he struggles early in the year, you'll hear people calling for Heineke pretty early, definitely earlier than they would have if Ritter was a first-round pick. There's no, I mean, just the way it works. It's not, it's nobody's fault. It just is. Ross, I want to get you get your take on this because you talked about all the additions, offseason additions the Falcons have made on the defensive side of the football as well. And we obviously have talked about Desmond Ritter. We'll get into Bijan, but they've made some strides offensively as well, adding Bijan. Uh, Robinson. Obviously, they're going to get Kyle Pitts back. Hey, they traded for uh, Jonu Smith. Hey, they uh, signed Matt Collins and Scotty Mill on the offensive end as well. They got Tyler Algier, who was a rookie running back last year, who rushed for a thousand yards, over a thousand yards in sixteen games. I say all that to ask this: Which side of the ball do you think is going to be most improved this season? Is it going to be the defense with all the free agent uh, acquisitions and all the money they spent in? on the defensive side of the football and free agency, or is it going to be what they've kind of invested in the draft with Drake London, B. John Robinson, and, uh, and and the other free agent acquisitions um, on the awesome side of the ball? So which side of the ball do you think is going to be more improved this year? Yeah, that's a good question, actually, because I think they'll both be improved. I'm going to go defense just because I think they'll still be very run-heavy offensively. I think they'll, they'll be more explosive with B. John Robinson. I mean, they're telling us they're going to be more run-heavy, right? Like, we don't need to guess. They drafted a running back eight overall and a run-blocking guard, you know, uh, who played tackle at Syracuse, but he's going to be run-blocking. I love the way he plays, by the way, um, in the second round. There's no question that they got those guys to run the ball more. So, I guess I just don't know, um, Dylan, that, will notice a huge jump forward offensively. I mean, I think the numbers will be better. I think they'll put more points up. But I don't think it's going to be like Air Falcons, right? I don't think they're going to be throwing enough that we that we see them putting up really big numbers. Right. Whereas defensively, I mean, what did they add? Five starters? Six starters? I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a team add that many starters on one side of the ball before. Right. Now, the odds are they won't all pan out. But I would think they make a pretty big leap defensively. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Let's let's talk about the Stanley defense for a second, because to me, the the one signing that's kind of gone seemingly under the radar is David Onyemata. The guy is a big dude, plays in the middle, and now Grady Jarrett really has some help inside to help him. So how 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 much do you think bringing in a guy like Anyamata is going to free up Grady Jarrett to become even more because Grady Jarrett's one of the best to me, one of the best defensive linemen. And obviously I'm, I'm a little bit biased Ross, but I think he's one of the better interior uh, defensive linemen in the NFL, but he's been doing it by himself for years. He's an unbelievable player. I mean, he's an unbelievable football player. Um, he has not had, sort of a partner in crime inside there. <clears throat> he has not had a guy that you probably need to double team in the run game in Anyamata. Um, I love that addition by the Saints. And I really, I mean, by the Falcons from the Saints, I, I, I hope. And by the way, I think Calais Campbell helps in that regard as well. And I think Bud Dupree helps in that way. You know, I can only imagine what it's been like the last couple of years. I, I'm a former offensive lineman, right? I can only imagine what it's been like in the offensive line room the last couple of years when you're playing the Falcons. All right, guys, we gotta we gotta make sure we know where Grady Jarrett is, and then we also need to double team Grady Jarrett, and then we <laughs> can't let Grady Jarrett beat us. I mean, they didn't really have other guys that concerned you all that much, so. I'm hoping he's able to get some one-on-ones. Really one of the reasons why I hope the Falcons are good and they make the playoffs is because I would like if more people knew how good Grady Jarrett was. One of my pet peeves as a guy that played seven years is when a guy is on bad teams and he's killing it, killing people, and people don't recognize it nationally that much because they don't play that many nationally televised games. Ross. Sticking with the defensive side of the football for a little bit longer here, you know, you talked about David Onyemata as kind of the acquisition that's flown under the radar. Let's talk about the one that kind of made a big splash, or probably the Falcons' biggest splash. That's Jesse Bates. Let's talk about how much he's going to really upgrade that that backfield because we know about A.J. Terrell, right? And we we obviously have to wait and see on uh, on Jeff Okuda, but – He's going to help out a young safety and, and Richie Grant. And, I mean, honestly, he, it, 
how he's going to upgrade the back end, it's probably going to help the the front end of the defensive line as well because obviously you know, the, the the back end scratches the back of the defensive line. Defensive line can scratch the back of the uh, back end as well. So uh, just for a moment, Jesse Bates, how much of an impact do you think he's going to make to that Falcons secondary? Yeah, I mean, he's a really good player. Really good player. I know the Bengals were very upset to lose him. They kind of knew that that was coming and that he would get the money that he got. But, um, man, he it, I, th- there's a lot that could go into this. Number one, just him as a player, right? You know, the, the ground he's able to cover on the back end, how sure of a tackler he is. But he can do a lot of different things, which is really helpful to a first-time D coordinator like Ryan Nielsen to be able to have a guy like Bates who's that versatile really helps. I also just wonder how much he helps the other guys in the back end. I mean, you're talking about a very smart, uh, very smart guy, very accomplished guy who his football intelligence is off the charts. I just wonder in the meeting rooms, you know, pre-snap, you know, how much he's help, able to help these other guys on the back end, the linebackers, to make sure that they're in a position to succeed. He was just coached very well by Luana Rumo in Cincinnati. I think the Bates addition's huge. One of the things I wanted to get your your take on being a former offensive lineman. Now I know you never I, I to my knowledge, you never played tackle in the NFL. I'm not sure about college, but I know you were a guard and a center, so you moved around. Mer- Matthew Bergeron was a very good player at Syracuse playing at tackle, but now he's trying to make that transition inside. What is that jump like? Because a lot of people think say that um, it when you're playing guard, the game comes at you a little bit quicker off the snap. No question, Bo. And I, um, one of my kind of claims to fame is I played all five in NFL preseason or regular season games. Now I don't think I, I don't. I never started a game at tackle. You know, uh, that was more preseason or like emergency. Um, I started at least five games at center and both guards. The key to that, by the way, is you can't really be good at any of them. Otherwise, they would have just left me there. (laughs) (laughs) But um, but, um, I have seen – so we all have the examples of like Joel Batonio – and uh, Zach Martin and these guys, Brendan Sheriff, who maybe didn't have the ideal arm length, so they went from tackle to guard, and they became fantastic guards, right? I would also tell you, twice in my career, I was with guys that they tried that to with, and it was a disaster. So in 2002 in Washington, They took Rod Jones, who had played left tackle for the Super Bowl Rams, put him at guard, didn't work. Um, In 2007, I was back in Washington. They took longtime Dolphins right tackle Todd Wade, put him at guard, didn't work. You know, I think it's a little bit easier maybe going from college to the NFL as opposed to long-term, long-time tackle in, in the NFL, and then you switch. It's kind of like a young pup. You can mold him and teach him, where it's tougher to teach an old dog new tricks. But to your point, Bo, things happen much faster inside. You know, when you're a tackle in pass protection, okay, 
there's kind of um, a timing with it. Um, you know, it's like kick, kick, engage, kick, kick, punch. There's a rhythm to it. At guard, first of all, they are right on you. They are right on you right now. Secondly, you're not going against a 6'5", 250-pound lean dude. You're going against Grady J. You're going against a six foot six one, <laughs> three hundred pound ball of butcher knives that is just coming up the field right at you, and you can't get any leverage on them because they're this low off the ground. And then the real issue I've seen for them sometimes, Bo, is at tackle you're primarily blocking the edge rusher, right? At guard you're tied into the protection with all the blitzes and the linebackers and all the stunts and twists that happen right now. And if you can't process real quick, like boom, 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 you're, you're, you're going to struggle. You are going to struggle if you can't process. So um, my guess is they already probably have a little bit of a feel for if this is going to be a, a short-term thing where Bergeron just gets it. Versus, oh boy, like we got to really do some work here. Hey, do you think, real quick, I know we know we got close to wrapping up. Do you think that's why guards are starting to get paid much better? I mean, Chris Lindstrom's just trying a huge deal <laughs> because it's just so it, it's it's becoming <laughs> where every the, the interior seems to be so so important these days. Yeah, I, I just looked at again the other day how much Chris Lindstrom makes. <laughs> he makes more per year. Then I made he makes five times more annually than what I made for my entire seven year career. Well, you you would have been getting that money if you were in the NFL. No, now, right? no I wouldn't have. Unfortunately, <laughs> you would have been getting. I, I wasn't as good as Chris Lindstrom, so I don't think we're allowed to swear on this. But if we are, hey Chris, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. Twenty and a half million dollars to play right guard. What a world. What a time to be alive. Um, so <clears throat> the biggest thing with them paying interior guys is there's there's more and more good interior D-line rushers. Aaron Donald, Grady Jarrett. So you got to have guys like Lindstrom. But also, I think quarterbacks, especially the better ones, have gotten really good at stepping up in the pocket. You know, if you watch like some of these guys, like a a Brady, um, the edge guy rarely affects him. He drops back and then he steps up and gets rid of it quick. So if you can keep the the uh, the depth of the pocket, that is huge. And Bergeron's a banger, and Lindstrom's a banger, which is good because Dolman's not the biggest kid at center. They, they can help keep the depth of the pocket for the quarterback, which is huge. Ross, thank you so much for the time. This was Ross Tucker, former NFL player, seven-year vet. Also, like you said, one of the very few guys that played across all positions on the offensive line in his NFL career. That's versatility right there. And uh, obviously, NFL Odyssey insider. Ross, thank you so much for the time today, man. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you guys so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Thanks, yes, Ross. Sir.
Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches vacation.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. That was, again, Ross Tucker. Again, seven-year NFL veteran, Odyssey NFL insider as well. Uh, does a lot for the uh, NFL. But, Bo, just to kind of react to uh, Ross's thoughts here really quickly on the back end of this edition of Peachtree Football, you know, I, I have to say one thing. Yeah, Ross gave some very good insight, and I agree with mostly everything he said, but I do have to say this. Didn't necessarily agree with the 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 Desmond Ritter take. I mean, I again, I think, and it's not just Ross. It's it's been a lot of people. I think there have been way too many. I know he's reading reports too. So uh, this again, it goes show it's not on Ross, but people I think have been putting out false information. Uh, some people specifically at Falcons training camp and whatnot. But point being, people are making way too much of this Desmond Ritter thing at training camp, and you know him him missing some throws and this that and the third. I mean. People, it seems like, are just finding every single little reason to criticize Desmond Ritter when they can. It's like when you give him an inch, they they take a mile. Well, I, I don't blame Ross. He's just he he is only reporting what yeah what he he's has read, and and right. that's 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 just one of those deals. And, and just like we would react to, like um, like re- reacting to what Dak did in training camp yesterday or whatever he, yeah, threw, yeah. he threw a bad pick i saw right. desmond ritter throw a pick today and i hear it talked about later on uh on a on on, on a show in, in atlanta and i watched the play and <laughs> i the report i heard was well yeah arthur smith was yelling at desmond well you know what you know what i saw i saw okay. desmond lighting up the receiver so it looked like the receiver didn't run the route to the right depth. But if you, you know, and and honestly, the only reason I, I that was my takeaway was because I've worked with a quarterback for the last, uh, former quarterback for the last, I don't know, 15 years in Dave mm-hmm. Archer, who does Falcons radio. But also, and so he's going to talk to me about those things, but I saw Desmond get, get after the receiver immediately. And so that makes me think that uh that particular one was on the receiver uh because because you know desmond's not that kind of guy but that's also what i want my quarterback to do if you run the wrong route how many times did we see tom brady get after a guy if he ran the wrong route or matt ryan did it in his own way so i don't blame ross i i I think that was all created by what and it's crazy that one player not even from atlanta never played in Atlanta, has no ties to Atlanta, has affected Atlanta. <laughs> and I think that's with the Lamar Jackson effect. There's yeah. There became such a negative 
uh, uh, stigma about Desmond Ritter based on the fact that the Falcons didn't pursue a quarterback that for for months and that, that his own team didn't um, pay to the extent he wanted. So I don't blame um, all national. I don't blame the, the Ross Tuckers of the world. The guys I blame are the reporters on the big media outlets who push the narrative. Yeah, and, and that's that's kind of where my uh, my issues lie. But it, it's just look. It also is the sec. Today was the second day of the team wearing pads, Dylan. And so yeah. when you put pads on, everything changes. Uh, when you're wearing shorts, you can kind of do more. The offensive line can do less. Uh, right. You know, after talking with Mike Johnson, there's another guy who could play all five positions, much like Ross. That's all it, it talked about. So I'm, I'm kind of at a moratorium with it. Um, let, I, I'm not going to worry about it until we're four to five games in the the actual regular season. <clears throat> kind of like what Ross said, actually. So let's get through the preseason uh, with 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 kind of being unscathed with injuries and maybe see what we got. And now let's get five more four or five, you know, a quarter into the season, and, and let's see where we're at with Desmond Ritter. Real quick, Bo, I do want to touch on one last thing before we wrap up here. Uh, biggest takeaways so far, you've been at Atlanta Falcons training camp uh, every, pretty much every day besides what, like just two two days at the at the very start, but you've basically been at Atlanta Falcons training camp every single day that they've had practice thus far. Obviously, been out there with 99 the game in the morning shift. What has been your biggest takeaway from Atlanta Falcons training camp so far? If you just had to give me one quick thing, what uh, is there a big takeaway that you have? Um, the competitiveness. Uh, I know it's training camp, and you can say that, but I've I've seen some true kind of alphas take over. Um, you've yeah. got to, you know, the, the Clark Phillips Drake London thing to me is kind of camp in a nutshell so far, where you've got yeah. guys going after other guys. I've seen Bijan Robinson, um, kind of be hateful. To, to linebackers and DBs, yeah. and yeah. and I think part of it is he's trying to establish and show everyone he's here. You know, it's not the route running. He, like you know that the 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 routes. Troy Anderson got the best of Bijan on Friday, I believe. Yep. Maybe it was yep. Thursday. I think it was Thursday, and then and then okay. uh, and I, I don't know the days mixed together. Thursday or Friday, but then on Saturday, Bijan made a point to get the best of Troy. And then he got the best of Caden Ellis yesterday yeah. uh, with this almost the exact same route, basically. But then I saw him play, uh, make a, he catches the ball. And obviously you're not tackling to the ground. You're wearing pads yesterday. And he's finishing the play. And instead of just running it out straight line and kind of running, you know, fin- follow, running all the way to the end zone, he decides he's going to make a cut and, uh, I don't. I can't, I'm trying to think of who it was. I don't. I don't think it was Richie Grant. It was. Um, yeah, I don't. I think it might have been Richie. I'm not sure. It was one of the DBs. Mm-hmm. Oh, it might have been Clark Phillips actually. But I, okay. I know it wasn't. It was. A, no, I think it was a veteran guy. And instead of just finishing up, he decides to cut back and kind of make just basically show him up. Yeah. And uh, that that was that created a slap. Um, the DB decided he was going to slap Bijan as he did that, and Bijan turns around like, "What are you doing?" Right, and it was kind of a 
hey rook you're gonna you're gonna show me up i'm gonna let you know how i feel about it as you go by uh -huh. and it's just desmond ritter yelling at um at the at the receiver for running on route you know the, like i said go back to the what to me what created it was the whole uh drake london play uh with clark phillips and and then clark gets the interception and he get drake got his get back yesterday where he he mossed him essentially uh i saw zach harrison uh who is one of the, the team's draft picks I know this isn't. This has gotten long winded now. Okay. But one of the rookies. I love it. Um, he flat out ran over. I believe it's Tyler Vrabel, who was Mike Vrabel's yeah. son. And that's a that's a six seven. That's two really big dudes going at each other, and he yeah. just ran flat over him. So the competitiveness early, and and the intensity, and I think that all starts with Arthur Smith. Uh, the intensity he had on day two of camp where they're just going through things, I think that's all just kind of carried over to the players. And to me, that stood out to me, how intense this camp has been. And we're only, what, five, six days in. I'm so happy you finished that off by saying it, it starts with Arthur Smith because I couldn't agree more. Arthur Smith, his identity, you know, he, he has his fun. I mean, there was a video on Atlanta Falcons Twitter today about um, – uh, D. Orlando Ledbetter, if you haven't heard, he got he got a, a fine for not a real fine, but you know they they had fun with the whole fine thing and about him being late to a press actually, conference. Actually, oh, that, that was uh, a real fine. They, well, it, it 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 ended up being something that the AJC paid. Yeah, they, and and right. Arthur Smith is is matching it. He did say he was going to double it. Yeah, he's going to match it, and it's going to go to charity. Um, right. I believe it's the National Civil Rights Museum or 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 or. or uh, something along those lines that they're going to, they've decided on. So that, that whole little fun thing turned into a great, call. Um, a good cause for charity. Yeah. 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 So that, then that was the video that, uh, that service today on that, that the Falcons put up today on social media. So my point being is that, you know, Arthur Smith has his fun and where we're time where the timing is right, but he is also no nonsense. And that's the part I'm taking away that I think this football team is really starting to take the identity of like, they'll have their fun. But they know when it's time to lock in and they know when it's go time and they're going to be competitive. And and like you said, all the showing up and stuff like that, you know, guys are going to let here guys, guys are going to let no other guys about it. So um, I just really think this football team is taking on the identity of Arthur Smith. And that is a great thing for the Atlanta Falcons. So I'm glad you brought up the point at the end. But, yeah, that that's also I have to say that's probably my biggest takeaway is how this team is really starting to take after the mold of Arthur Smith. And that's a that's a really good thing. So. We'll get more into Atlanta Falcons training camp next week as we will uh, be back and ready to talk even more Atlanta Falcons training camp. And, hey, we got on some football on Thursday as well, so we might even dive into the uh, Hall of Fame game a little bit and the outrageous ticket prices that Ross told us about. So that's all coming up next week on the Peachtree Football Podcast. By the way, make sure you download, like Peachtree Football, subscribe to Peachtree Football as well. We are wherever you get your podcasts. That is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts, Peachtree Football is there. Thank you so much again to Ross Tucker for joining us uh, earlier in the episode. Had a great time chopping it up with him. Bo Morgan, thank you always as well. Squid Billy. And uh, that's going to do it for this edition of Peace Street Football. For Bo Morgan, I'm Dylan Matthews. Again, like this podcast, download the podcast, subscribe to Peace Street Football wherever you get your podcasts. And until we talk to you guys next week.